Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be looking at the work of Rudolf Steiner and how it affected spirituality in general and the public's view of the Akashic specifically. But first, a trigger warning. Religious and spiritual practices of the Victorian era incorporated what we now know as colonialism, racism, and anti-Semitism. These and their ongoing effects will be noted throughout this podcast. Also, while Rudolf Steiner's Akashic channeling was and is suspect due to his biases and agendas, this doesn't negate the value of currently practicing channels or mediums, nor is it meant to denigrate their valuable work. Also, as a quick note, this podcast is a very simplified overview of Rudolf Steiner's extensive work, and mainly looking at how he affected spirituality in general and the general public's view of the Akashics. So, for more information, if you want it, I recommend The New Essential Steiner, which you can find at your local bookseller or any online retailer. So, Rudolf Steiner. Born February 1861, died March 30, 1925, was an Austrian philosopher, social reformer, architect, and esotericist. He also described himself as clairvoyant, being able to not only see those who had crossed over, but have active conversations with them. While this skill unfolded to him spontaneously as a young man, he didn't pursue it other than as an intellectual curiosity. The prevailing opinion of the spiritual community of the time was that those who have crossed over become less than, needy, and ignorant, therefore being a burden on the living rather than a source of wisdom. Steiner's personal experiences seemed to have confirmed this for him. Instead, he pursued a deep study of philosophy and the great thinkers of the age, while at the same time searching for a path to learn more about spirituality and the nature of the universe beyond our senses. Which is why he started demystifying the mystery schools. Like the alchemist before him, Steiner sought to combine science and spirituality. While Madame Blavatsky and others of his peers of the time were using science as a tool to prove their spiritual practices and beliefs were authoritative, Blavatsky's work suffers from how much of this she did without understanding the science, as well as from the fact that the science has since been disproved. Steiner instead wanted to see the scientific method merged with spirituality. In general, the scientific method asks that processes and results be explainable as well as repeatable. In other words, doable by anyone and everyone with the right setting and equipment. This is in direct contrast to the spiritual practices and beliefs of the time, where only members of secret mystery schools could study and possibly achieve mastery over the truths of worlds beyond our own through luck, skill, and or transmissions of power from more advanced practitioners. This is also why Steiner worked to make theosophy more understandable. Steiner was a prolific writer of both books and articles and often lectured at various groups and organizations. He was invited to lecture at the Theosophical Society around 1899 and was well-received. By 1904, he was leading not only the German section of the society, but also the Theosophical Esoteric Society for Germany and Austria. 
In contrast to mainstream theosophy, which was trending towards Buddhism, Steiner sought to build a Western approach to spirituality based on the philosophical and mystical traditions of European culture. One outcome of this is he was able to take the disparate and somewhat incoherent writings of Madame Blavatsky and make them coherent. For those who want to learn more about theosophy, his book on the subject is fairly comprehensive. During this time of lecturing, writing, and building up the Theosophical Society of Germany, he had turned his spiritual gifts towards Akashic work and channeling universal wisdom. Rather than do so as spectacle, he worked privately to find information he was interested in, which would explain the mysteries of the world, of life itself, and the nature of mankind, then published it as books. To access the Akashics, he used a method which he devised on his own, but which is remarkably similar to indigenous practices and what I teach today. He found no need for prayers or incantations, nor to request help from Akashic beings. Instead, he went directly to the Akashic Library and accessed the information himself. Interestingly, when he retrieved information in this way, he didn't publish the unfiltered information so there's no direct channeled wisdom from these efforts. Rather, he interpreted what he received and then presented it as a lecture or teaching text. Unfortunately, this meant Steiner's colonialism, racism, and anti-Semitism twisted everything he tried to impart, making it difficult, if not impossible, to get anything useful from these books today. For example... His book Cosmic Memory, the story of Atlantis, Lemuria, and the division of the sexes, is full of racist and colonial descriptions of lesser humans, such as the Atlanteans. If you were to replace the word Atlantean with savage or mongrel, it makes clear what he's describing is not the actual Atlantis, but the prevailing attitude towards African slaves and indigenous people. Anyone who has accessed information about Atlantis in the Akashics has noted they were a technologically advanced civilization with many different cultures, sects, and lifestyles, not some ignorant race of subhumans as described in his book. The Fifth Gospel, which he wrote later, suffers in a similar way, unfortunately. Rather than actually transcribe this new gospel of the Bible, which he discovered in the Akashics, which is meant to be the true words and actions of Jesus and to clarify the supremacy of Christianity as an evolutionary step for all of mankind, he instead lectures about it much like a Sunday school teacher. The book is full of anti-Semitic rhetoric which contradicts historical facts, promotes racist Aryan agendas, and seeks to make Christianity the only means by which man can reach enlightenment. The German section of the Theosophical Society grew rapidly under Steiner's leadership as he lectured throughout much of Europe on his spiritual science. He maintained an original approach, replacing Madame Blavatsky's terminology with his own and basing his teachings on his own spiritual research. This, along with his need to elevate Christianity rather than the Buddhism preferred by Blavatsky and other differences, led to a formal split in the organization from around 1912 to 1913, when Steiner and the majority of the members of the German section of the Theosophical Society broke off to form a new group, the Anthroposophical Society. Despite his departure from the Theosophical Society, 
Steiner maintained his interest in theosophy throughout his life. What he developed, and named anthroposophy, aims to extend the clarity of the scientific method to phenomena of human soul life and spiritual experiences. Steiner believed this required developing new faculties of objective spiritual perception. The steps of this process of inner development he identified as consciously achieved imagination, inspiration, and intuition. Steiner hoped to form a spiritual movement which would free the individual from any external authority. For Steiner, the human capacity for rational thought would allow individuals to comprehend spiritual research on their own and bypass the danger of dependency on an authority, such as himself. The problem with this is the same one all religions and spiritualities face at some point. It takes quite a lot of practice, doesn't come easily to most people, and the only remedy offered is, you're not working hard enough, so try harder. If this sounds familiar, it's the same message which is taught concerning meditation, mindfulness, manifesting through right thoughts and intentions, and so on. It's an intellectual approach which doesn't take into account context, environment, circumstances, and underlying issues. In other words, it's not meant to be practical unless you're empowered, middle-class, living in the correct way, and within the appropriate community. All others will by necessity struggle, and this is seen as a failing on a variety of levels, which only hard work and possibly reincarnation will remedy. In a second phase of his career, beginning around 1907, Steiner began working collaboratively in a variety of artistic media, including drama, the movement arts, developing a new artistic form called Eurythmy, and architecture, culminating in the building of the Goetheneum, a cultural center to house all the arts. In the third phase of his work, beginning after World War I, Steiner worked to establish various practical endeavors, including Waldorf education, biodynamic agriculture, and anthroposophical medicine. Most of these endeavors still exist today in one form or another, many only as niche interests in the area of interest, such as medicine and agriculture. The most enduring seems to be the Waldorf education system. Revolutionary even today, this system attempts to refrain from forcing children to meet set criteria or conform to the standards of the moment. Rather, each child is seen as a whole human being, a soul who is unique, and to support them in becoming educated into a full-functioning adult. In the United States, it's considered one of the best school systems available, and many homeschooling programs are also modeled after it. For more information, I recommend the book Waldorf Education, A Family Guide. What most people don't realize is the Waldorf School is based on anthroposophy, Akashic wisdom, and Steiner's deep understanding that we are here to manifest ourselves as fully as possible within the small amount of time we have. While of necessity, the Waldorf system is seemingly non-spiritual, the entire foundation is an understanding of each individual as a soul worthy of respect and support. So, while Steiner was a unique individual who made advances in everything he set his mind to, his lasting legacy seems to be in having taken the work of his predecessors and peers, converted it into something understandable, and then attempted to make it into something practical and useful in the world. 
In the end, he took things from behind the shrouded-in-mystery curtain, brought them out into the light, and then showed people how to use them, and we're all better for it. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.